You're listening to Travel Tales with Fergal. My name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the podcast. My first proper holiday was a Greek island hopping trip around the Cyclades Islands nearly 30 years ago with my then girlfriend and now wife Emer, who makes an appearance at the end of this episode. I've loved everything about Greece ever since, from the simple and delicious food, to the open and friendly people, to the ancient history and the spectacular beaches, and the endless glorious sunshine and unforgettable sunsets. It's something of a travel cliché to say you've discovered a place that is like the Greece of 30 years ago, but perhaps I found that place on my recent trip this summer to the Halkidiki Peninsula in the Macedonian region of northern Greece. By the way, try say Halkidiki without putting a smile on your face. I visited the three peninsulas of Halkidiki, Cassandra, Sithonia and Mount Athos, which is known as the Holy Mountain and the most holy place in the Orthodox Church. If you were to ask me to describe my ideal place, then it would be a small fishing village with a crescent-shaped soft white stand beach, protected by shelter cove and surrounded by an amphitheatre of mountains. The village is small enough to have very few tours, but big enough to have a few fish restaurants where you don't mind going back to again and again. The last piece of the jigsaw would be accommodation, which ideally has a pool, but also a few minutes walk from the beach and the village. I don't ask for too much really. But I think I found that place at the very end of the stunning, isolated Sidonia Peninsula and my new favourite place, which is called Porto Caufo Resort, situated around two hours' drive from Thessalonic Airport. When I arrive at a new place, I immediately know when I get out of the car whether it has that magic feeling or not. It's a feeling of calmness and peace. And when I arrived at Porto Caufo Resort and got out of the car, the only sound I could hear was the constant chorus of chiquitas calling out in the sweltering afternoon heat and the sound of the ocean nearby. But I knew this place has that magic. My family and I got to spend an ideally couple of days at the resort. We got to know the owners, Irene Costas and their son Harry, who you'll hear from on the podcast today. But first we start with an interview with Alan Morrissey from Claire FM on why I love this place so much. It is time for Travel Tales with Fergal O'Keefe. Uh, delighted to say the man himself, the Ennis native, is back with us after a bit of a break. He was away for research purposes, all in the name of research. I swear he didn't enjoy himself one bit. How are you doing? Yeah, it was great. I have to say I've talked about it a few times here. So I'm Thessaloniki and then Haikadiki region below it. And I have to say, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was our first actually family trip away since 2019 for three years so it was magic and I think it's amazing seeing actually over over those three years the difference between say my kids you know like three years is a massive time so all of a sudden you know the older guys are a little bit older and looking for different things than when you know they were very young the last time I was away but yeah it was magical experience I have to say. Well, you get a, a near year-round heatwave in Greece, and Halkidiki is uh, one of, if not the most popular holiday destinations in Greece. Fergal, ha- before we go through the ins and outs of it, is it a place in Greece you'd been before, or had you been to Greece much in previous years? 
Yeah, so I've been to Greece a couple of times. I think I've been there four times now at this stage. And one of our last family holidays actually was over in the Peloponnese region, which is the west coast of the mainland. And it's absolutely amazing. So I was kind of wondering, would it live up to that? And it did, actually. So this area, you know, I've said it before, there's something I always do when every year I look out for new flights with Ryanair and Aer Lingus to see new routes. And it's a good tip because if you pick those new routes, often because they're new they're not as popular and the airlines discount the flights to encourage people to go to that area. So it's always a great way of getting a deal. Like I went, So I flew into Thessaloniki. You know, it is quite developed and the area, you know, it really does have something for all price brackets, for all ages. So I would really recommend the whole area of Halkidiki. Uh, Halkidiki Peninsulas, uh, Fergal. Now, my only trip to Greece was to uh, Crete, so I have no experience of the mainland. Can you uh, tell us a bit about the the three peninsulas and, and the Halkidiki region, what it's like? So it's famous because it's got three peninsulas that stick out from the mainland or like three fingers. And they're, they're, it's funny because they're, they're like three different, very different places. So like the first one's called Cassandra, which is kind of buzzy towns and got these huge nightclubs that would give Ibiza a run for its money. Then the middle one is called Sidonia, which has got lovely little villages and amazing uh, very quiet, secluded beaches. And then the third one is a very famous place called Mount Athos, which is the only um, independent monastic state in the world. So it's an independent state for over a thousand years. So the the line I heard by several people while, we, while I was there was like, you go to the first one to find a wife, then you go to the second one when you're with your wife, and then you go to the third one to get away from your wife. So that was the line <laughs> that I heard several times. So it's, it's, it's amazing, the variety. So that's third peninsula I, not many people actually go that area because most of it is closed off and you can only enter sort of the monastic area through visa and by sea but i stayed in a town at the, you know that you can on the peninsula so for history buffs and people like that or you know it's amazing so it's got something it's got the buzzy area cassandra the sidonia the, the quieter area and the mount atlas which is you know like unique place which is very famous so really does have something for everyone and i think of you know greece and what i love about greece so much for me it's like a little tiny beach or a little tiny town maybe a little fishing town so that you can get fresh fish from the boats it's got a beach it's a it's a, a little alcove harbour area surrounded by mountains and this place is exactly that and and I was hoping when I booked it that that's what it would be but it was everything that I hoped it to be and so I went down you know the middle as a, a, this middle um, peninsula it, you know, it's the quietest one with the most beautiful beaches and the, the least developed. And that's why I loved it. But the area that I went to was at the very end of, of it, in a place called Porto Caufo, which is this amazing, amazing little tiny village. And I have to say that I would recommend it to anyone. It's one of the nicest places I've ever stayed in. You know, if, if you like that, like what I love is like a little quiet village. And like there was only there was like four restaurants all together. And, you know, you, you're happy to go. The food is so good that you're happy to go back night after night and the people, you get to know the people in the village, you know, like you go, you get your coffee in the morning to like, what we used to do every morning is go for a swim in, in the beach and then it was like a little hut beside the beach where we'd get a coffee and donuts, massive donuts in uh, Greece, I have to say. And actually it was funny because the guy, like he'd, he'd have like eight donuts for the whole day, but there were six of us. So we saw <laughs> the first morning, I took all the donuts. He was kind of scratching his head because the whole supply was gone. So, but 
next day he had more donuts ready for us. But um, it really was a spectacular place. And the place that we stayed in, I have to recommend, is called Porto Caufo Resort. And it really is one of the nicest places that I ever stayed because they're they're like apartments. So if people have family, it's a perfect spot. Like, you know, if you've cost saving or whatever, there are these apartments around the pool area and you're looking out onto this this little harbour, the beach area. So it's like a short walk to the beach, but it also has a pool area and a little beach bar, a little a pool bar beside it and, and put all these apartments on it. And it's absolutely amazing. What I love going to these sort of places is that, you know, it was a husband and wife team and actually their son and daughter worked there as well. And you kind of got to know them while I was there for a couple of days. I got to know the family. And then you also get the recommendations of all the places to go to around there. And again, for me, like the ideal situation is you're staying somewhere where you're quite happy. Even if you spent the day there, you're happy. Then you go off on little trips in the afternoon when the when it gets less hot and there's some gorgeous little I mean as many beaches you could literally spend the year just in that one spot and going off to, to beaches but there were really cool little beaches all within 10 minutes drive of this of this village but there was other like say the next town Tirana was was originally the first um, capital in ancient times of Greece and was a famous war there with the Persians and um, you know beside that there was like a great bar called Ethnic a beach bar that was kind of guy from had lived in Brazil and came back so it was that Brazilian style so we used to go there in the evening for food and so you can imagine what it was like um, unbelievable I have to say so it's called Porto Caufa Resort but I would really if, if people are interested in a quieter holiday you know it's it's say a two hour drive from Thessaloniki down there but if you like like lovely beaches and a quiet place and food I think that's the spot I would so recommend it Lovely, yeah, it sounds, sounds great and I'm, I'm very uh, curious and intrigued about uh, the last of the, the fingers of the peninsulas Mount Athos uh, it, it, you said it was the only independent monastic state in the world so tell us a bit about what you saw when you were there yeah, so it's an amazing place. And as, as Constance, the place I was saying in Porto, Kaufu called it, he called it like a cosmic city. And it's so the place I went to was called Uranopoli. And it's sort of the administrative centre. It's at the, so it's on the peninsula. It's the last place you go. And if you drive like I did it, I drove out to an old mon- monastery that was ruined and an old Frankish fort. And right beside that was like a wall with barbed wire and, you know, saying no one can enter. So the only way you can enter this peninsula, Mount Athos, is by sea and still so I got a boat tour you can get boat tours up and down the up and down it but you still have to be 500 metres off the coast and no one can fish bar the monks so it's a monastic state and it's over it's an old Byzantine monastic state that's over a thousand years old and would be considered the holiest site in the Greek Orthodox and in the Orthodox Church and within this like peninsula there's 20 monasteries you'd know if you saw the pictures there's these old monasteries up in the because it's a it's a very mountainous region and these old huge monasteries built onto the mountain edges so it's very atmospheric and amazing like there's one Russia, the biggest one is actually Russian and Putin is a big fan. He's been there a few times and Prince Charles has been there a few times. I don't know if they times. let him back now. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's a funny because because there's the Russian one but the actual, the official wine of the Kremlin comes from there. Putin only drinks the wine from Mount Athos and uh, so there's all, but there's 17 Greek ones but it's amazing and this place, Uranopoli, where you're staying 
so atmospheric because I was saying that another great hotel called Xenia or Anopoli, which was the right the edge of town and a little harbour where the boats would come in. So this is where the monks would go for like to get stuff and you'd see these little boats with the monks and the, the monks are still like wearing Byzantine black robes down to their feet and little caps and big long grey beards. So so atmospheric. It kind of reminded me the boats would come in and the front would fall down, you know, for the cars to go off. So it kind of reminded me like a bit like D-Day, but it was like a, a monastic D-Day because it was like medieval monks coming off <laughs> instead of soldiers. But it was amazing and atmospheric, I have to say, you know. And, and so I was, would really recommend that place. And there's, there's islands off of that, you, like with a 10-minute ferry, which you can visit as well. And at that stage of the holiday, we didn't even go to the island because I was kind of going, there's only so many amazing beaches that you can see, you know. <laughs> it got to the stage where you were actually sick of amazing beaches. That's that's when you know you've had a great holiday. <laughs> exactly, that's peak. That's exactly that for me because you know, like I love traveling nonstop. So by the time we got there, we spent the last three days there, and we I didn't use the car. And that's for me. That's when I complete content when I'm just yeah no I'm going to stay on this little beach and just walk up to the town you know so it was perfect I, for people listening who, who haven't been and they they, they like what the sound what what they're hearing about Halkidiki Fergal how long ideally would you recommend people go for holiday there given all that you described uh, is it uh, something that as kind of a ten day holiday would suffice or or a week or yeah. So, like, I, I would say, so, really, see, that's the beauty of this place. You could actually, I would go, it, you could go to, you could fly into um, Thessaloniki, and if you're willing, two-hour drives, you could actually just go down to Porto Kaufo if you wanted for a few days, or another town, another place we stayed called Voudvaru, which was lovely, and um, that's kind of an hour from the airport, or you could go to the, if you like your traditional, like, Algarve-type holiday, or Castel Sol, you could go to Cassandra, and there's loads of towns there, and that's an hour, just an hour from the airport and there's loads of towns there's like famous hotel sunny beach resort like five star down to one star it's full of towns with pubs and restaurants and nightclubs so if you want you could do a week there if you wanted so really you know it, it, it actually is perfect from that point of view so you could you could you could go for a few days or ideally for two weeks i mean i was unusual because I, I did the three peninsulas and i went to the you know most people I would say would probably just do one but I would go if you love the quiet go to Sidonia if you love the you know the action and the crack in the type of holiday it's Cassandra and if you want something very different or Anopoli with the peninsula um, so really so that's the beauty of it if you're if you're, I mean just say Oranopoli to the airport that took me that was a two hour drive beautiful drive over the mountains so you know like a week to two weeks would be perfect for that place so now you're going to hear a clip I recorded at Porto Cafe Resort with Costas, who is one of the owners of that resort, where we talk about the history of the place, a bit about the town, about the area, about the Halkatiki province. So now let's hear from Costas. So the first question I have to ask you is the sound that everyone can hear in the background. What is that? The sound are the crickets. It's a sign of heat. When the crickets uh, are singing, that means we have more than 33 degrees. Okay. And if the cricket sings at night, that means that next day will be very hot. Exactly. So we're in Porto Caufo, in your lovely property beside the pool, looking out onto the sea. How long have you been here? I've been here 40 years, practically. Wow. 
Yeah. 80% of my life. Um, my father bought the 1979 and uh, it became a cabin in the early 80s. And it worked as a camping until uh, 1991 when the Yugoslavian war started and the borders closed. Therefore, there was no more tourism from... Of course, because we're northern, we're northern Greece, so a lot of the tourists come from the Balkans. Exactly. Because they can yeah. travel by land. Exactly. How many apartments are here for people there to rent? There are several apartments and the three bungalows. And they're all different sizes, aren't they? For different yeah, sizes. five of them are 90 square meters. Uh, and now the two are quite bigger and the bagalos are smaller. And we're literally, because I tried it yesterday, like two minute walk to the beach. So we're in Sitonia, the middle of the three peninsulas or the three fingers of Halkidiki. How would you describe Sitonia? Sitonia is uh, still uh, like an island. It's a virgin place. Yeah. And we can still see the surrounding as it used to be 20 or 30 years ago. A lot of beautiful uh, crystal beaches with different colors and different sands. Seeing Mount Athos from one side, Cassandra from the other. The place here that we have, uh, Kufos, has the same name for 3,000 years. Thucydides mentioned Kufos in his scripts. And Kufos means deaf. And because the winds at that time could not enter the port, therefore the name... Uh, became Kufos and is the deaf port ah. with, uh, in a simple translation but the fact that the, the place keeps the name keeps its name for 3,000 years make uh, make a strong point and, and I love that and, and you know and obviously Greek with its you know like you know millennia of history but you can feel it here like even you were talking about like the port has got a little entrance and it can't be seen from the sea and when the Persians were coming they couldn't see it, is that right? Yeah, and the Greeks were hiding in that port the, per the Persians had uh, uh, set anchor in uh, Toroni Bay which is a five kilometer mm -hmm. sandy beach so that they could unload but a heavy storm and the Greeks uh, coming from behind in uh, the correct side of the weather set uh, on fire the whole fleet the boats were very big, could not maneuver, so that was the first attempt uh, of the huge, huge Persian army that was destroyed from less than a 50 Greek wooden boats. And then, you know, you go all the way to the Second World War and famously the German U-boat used to hide out here? Yes, it was a safe haven of uh, the German U-boats during... And why was that? Because the, the port... The port is the deepest port in the Mediterranean. Not the biggest, but the deepest. It's 80 meters deep, and it was very, very well adapted for the U-boats. Toroni, on the other hand, which is the, just the next bay, uh -huh. was the first capital of Greece when uh, Philip, the dad of great Alexander, united Greece by bribery and force <laughs> yeah. and um, they were selling timber to the Athenians in order to make their fleet so Toroni was actually the first capital of Greece wow. which is here where we stand oh it's like, like just a couple of minutes away meaning in the that uh, Vukefalas and Great Alexander was passing by here by the port to see what was going on and did I read somewhere with Alexander's mother is she buried where she's well Ibiada is just a few kilometers from here yeah and um, actually, you told me a great line, so which I experienced myself, <laughs> is uh, the three fingers, or the, three, the difference between the three. Yeah. Well, 
you know, there is a story that we say here that when uh, you're young and you're trying to find a mate, then you go to Cassandra because, you know, there there are all the clubs and uh, dancing areas, etc. If you have a mate and uh, you want to have a quiet time, then you come to Sithonia. And uh, if for any reasons, God forbid, uh, the mate is gone, then you go to Mount Athos <laughs> to pray. So we can have all social life here in the Three Fingers. <laughs> exactly. And can you just tell people about Mount Athos? Because it is a mythical place, really, isn't it? It's so famous in Greek Orthodox church and in history. It's a separate state, is it? It's a, it is a separate state. We all have to get a visa in order to go to Mount Athos. And it is a monk um, community. They live by their rules. They work all day. Uh, it's dedicated to Virgin Mary. That's why no other woman cannot set foot on Mount Athos. Even animals? N not even animals that they can control. Cats and uh, yeah. chickens they cannot control. <laughs> but you cannot have a female dog in Mount Athos or a female donkey. And it's just, the, and the monks, they have their own vineyard, they do th they, their own fishing rights around of it? Of course, they have, uh, they are autonomous. And imagine that uh, on any single day in summer, they feed more than 50,000 people that they are the guests of the monasteries. Wow. So this, a logistic by itself, is a huge task. Wow. And I was just reading about it, actually, um, like Putin is a big fan so there's different churches not only yeah because it's the Russian monastery yeah, yeah. Is, the, is the Serbian monastery yes. there are 24 monasteries mm -hmm. and it's all the orthodox world it's like all the orthodox world has landed yeah. in Mount Athos somehow yeah. that's why not only that Charles is a frequent You're right. visitor yeah Prince Charles yeah and all the great leaders that are Christian yeah. especially orthodox Christian and need to pass some time in Mount Everest. And, and even yesterday I saw it and it does like it's beautiful kind of like a cone like Mount Everest kind of the way it goes up isn't it and you described seeing the sunrise coming yeah. up from the mountain stop and it's it, majestic it, it, it moves up the mountain does exactly, it exactly exactly wow and you know we were like talking yesterday about Uranopoli where I'm going to go and that's the sort of where the boats you could only go by boat no, the Pilgrim Passes, they go into Pilgrim Office there in Uranopoli, but you described it as uh, cosmic. Yeah, Uranopoli is not a part of Mount Athos as no, the Mount yeah. Society. Mm -hmm. It's the last big city that uh, you can get uh, your necessary stuff in order to go on the Pilgrim two, four days, one week, how many for each one. So it is a cosmic place. I mean, you can have a drink as well. Yeah. <laughs> The monks go there, for yeah, an hour. Restaurants, etc. The monks don't go. No, no. There is a delegation that okay. goes out. And oh, okay. uh, now imagine that during COVID, the, the rules were very strict. Nobody came in or out for two years. So now they just reopened, let's say, the doors for the pilgrim. And uh, Have you been there? Have you ever? I've been. I've been many so times. you have to get a, a pa passport? or You what have you call to it? get a visa. Visa. It's a... It's very cheap, but it is uh, the bureaucracy that you have to pass because a certain monastery needs to take care of you, mm -hmm. feed you and give you a room. And the cost is only 20 euro for four days. So it's not... Uh, but it takes months. Thing. But uh, you need to make an early reservation, yeah. like six months earlier. The energy of the place uh, is unique. 
I've never set foot on any other place that has this kind of energy. Is uh, the scenery is a little bit medieval, yeah. with all the monasteries and uh, you know the trees and how it used to be. Yeah. But also, I believe the praying in the monasteries uh, starting at 4:30 and all the the sacred stuff of Orthodox Church, like the bone of saints, etc. They are there create this unique atmosphere. Like it was part of the Byzantine Empire. They, they granted the land, I think it was at the 9th century. So it's amazing, you know, like it's over a thousand years. And before that, in ancient Greek time, it used to be temples and, uh -huh. um, how can I say, mm -hmm. a holy place. Okay. So it was a holy place even before Christ. Okay. A lot of uh, the monasteries over there are built in on top of uh, Greek ruins of all the okay. temples and are, are you orthodox uh, yes. most Greeks so and I noticed that you have a little chapel here is that like and my kids are fascinated by how there's chapels everywhere yeah it's Constantine and Helen and it's kind of tradition if you have a big place big enough to yeah. have a chapel then you have a chapel as well okay it's lovely I, I, I love it so here Sidoni as you say you know, I've been to, like I say, the islands and to Peloponnese, but I just, it, for me, it's perfection because it's like a little, you know, a little beach in a, in a, in a cove with a beautiful house. And just, you, I felt the peaceful feeling. So Setonia has that, like, it, it's got some amazing. Could you tell us about a couple of the, be what, what beaches would you recommend? Because Setonia is some of the best in all of Greece. The thing is that um, you can choose in a very small distance between 10 or 12 kilometers, you can have four or five very big uh, beaches with uh, beach bars and uh, yeah. sezlong and everything. But uh, in, at the same distance, 10, 12 kilometers on the other side, you can find remote places that you can have uh, 200 meters beach or 500 meters beach that you can be practically alone. And there are like 48 in a distance of 12 kilometers. 48 so, beaches? 48 different places. Wow. So it's, um, if you have this uh, inquiry mind, you can search and find wonders in Sifuni. Yeah. And we went to Ethnic, which is a beat bar directly. So 13 minutes from this direction was Ethnic, which is a really cool, like quiet beach, but a cool beach bar. And then 13 minutes exactly in the opposite direction was uh, Kalamitsu. Or Kalamitsi, yeah. which is a little town on a, another little town on a beach with lots of restaurants, tavernas right on the beach. So just gorgeous. And then here, like directly down from here, you walk down, there's like a couple, four beautiful tavernas with the beach and those little shops. This is the beauty of uh, Sithonia. Yeah. Because it's a walking distance usually to go to the sea. And exactly. that's highly appreciated for when you live in an apartment, you know, or in a car all day long during winter you need to just walk to the beach exactly and, and this place like port like porto Calvo, it's it just feels a little bit different than anywhere else that i've seen so what do you think why is this place a little bit different you know we are a u if we were a letter and it's covered with uh, stones this uh, in music we call it the apason you know how they used to uh, yeah. tune in the old times before electronics. I believe it has absorbed the energy of the beauty, the, the stones have absorbed the energy of beautiful times that we've spent here. 
and this can actually be transmitted that is appreciated by the people that they come here exactly it's just the thinking no you know it definitely has it and that's what you've described it perfectly because when we arrived and got out of the car i just felt a calm you know especially after coming from cassandra and the nightclubs <laughs> which the kids that's loved. our goal that's our goal to have a like a le village gaulois yeah. here inside our premises yeah you just need to have this um, searching adve- adventurous exactly. uh, mind Now we're going to hear from Harry, who is Costa's son, and he's going to talk about the first peninsula, Cassandra, which is the more lively part of the Helkidiki province. So now get to hear from Harry. What age are you? I'm 18 years old. Excellent. I want to ask you about Cassandra. So Cassandra is the, the action spot of <laughs> yeah. the three peninsulas. Uh, why, why is that? What is it? Gosh. Cassandra, first and foremost, is closer to Thessaloniki. So it's easier for younger people who don't have licenses, who don't want to take the bus, to go. And uh, from always, it was full of clubs. Calithea, which is uh, like an area in Cassandra, mm-hmm. there are like 10, 20 clubs, and massive clubs. All yes. purpose-built. Yes, or purpose-built massive clubs, and uh, my friends, me, and many other people, very usually go there. And uh, it's like an attraction that uh, attracts many people to Cassandra, and that's why they love it. What town would you recommend for people if they wanted to go to Cassandra for the action? Well, definitely, definitely, as I said, Calithea. But apart from Calithea, Hanyoti and Pevkohori are also amazing places. I just came back from Pevkohori uh, two days that? ago. It was amazing because uh, it's still a very small town, but it has many things to do. There are enough clubs so you can have fun. Not as big as Pearl, of course, but <laughs> big enough to have fun. Many tavernas, it's, you're very close to the sea. So it's pretty amazing, to be honest. Yeah. So Hanyoti, Pevkohori, and Calithea, there are three musts you should go. Finally, we're going to hear Emer for the first time, my lovely wife, doing a very quick interview with Irene talking about Greece and why Porto Cowfo Resort is so special and why we love that place so much. So, Rennie, we've absolutely loved our time in your gorgeous venue. It's very special here. But you were telling me that you um, were born in Athens and you spent mm-hmm. the earlier part of your life in Athens. So, did you holiday around there? Yes. Um, we, well, we used to, in the beginning, we used to um, to go to the Cycladic Islands, basically, like most Athenians, you know. It was uh, all the, the big pack, like Mykonos, Santorini, Sifnos, whatever. We love that. It's it's a part of Greece which is really amazing and everybody, you know, whenever you say Greece, everybody thinks of the islands primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but this place here was a family vacation place for uh, my husband's family, basically. And it's, I mean, the thing is that mainland is not so known abroad. Uh, everybody, you know, thinks of the islands, nobody actually knows how many beautiful places there are in Greece mainland and what we really loved about this place was the fact that it's so green you know the scenery is is amazing it's not dry 
um, there are the pine trees that go all the way down to the beach, you know, um, there are nice hikes that you can take up on the hills, it's really nice, and of course, I'm not going to talk about, you know, the beaches, everybody knows that, but still, there are places that are not developed, and, you know, you're not surrounded by people everywhere you go, it's not so crowded, you still find a place to put your, down your towel, you know, and yes. sit on the beach, you don't have to be on a, in a beach bar or something like that, which is important. And obviously, we love, love the islands. But for us, um, this is just more, this is something we probably could do repeatedly because it's like, you know, shortish flight from, flight from Dublin and then within two hours, you're here in this beautiful place. Hope you enjoyed that episode and thanks especially to Irene and Costas and Harry in the Porto Cafe Resort. Uh, check out details in the podcast here for their website. I cannot recommend that place enough. Finally, keep a listen out this autumn for more episodes and more specials. Take care and safe travels. Travel Tales with Fergal.